Thank you for joining us for the Life Point Podcast. We believe what you're about to listen to will help you experience life change. So let's jump into this week's message. Good morning. Elbow somebody and say, it's about to get good in here. <laughs> hey, let me hear all the ladies. I started to say, let me hear my girlfriends. My dad's a different religion. I don't want to say that. Um, hey, this Wednesday night is Vibe Night in the Generations Building at 6.30. So I want to um, encourage all of you ladies to make sure you come out. Pastor Diane's going to share some Vibe Vision and have some ministry time and so some great connections. So make sure, especially if you've never been out to um, one of our Vibe Nights as a lady, um, it would be a great thing, just as a great way just to meet some other ladies and get connected and so be in our generations uh, building back this way. Also, if you are signing up or you have signed up for our next track of Excel, about 15, 20 minutes after the experience is over, we'll, we will be doing orientation. I'm saying that because I'm doing your orientation this morning, so it takes me a few minutes to, to get over there. And as you saw, we're, we are really excited about next weekend. Um, Dr. Bridges will be with us. And just let me say this um, from Pastor Diane and I, this is a big deal. Um, he is... Um, international, internationally known. He is. Uh, uh, he has a church in Tampa, but he travels and speaks. And 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 God really spoke to us about having him specifically. And here here's what I believe is going to happen. First of all, I do know that um, when he ministers, there are miracles. When he ministers, there is the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, when he ministers, he has a real knack for just dealing with um, the enemy and spiritual um, resistance. And so what I see happening is some spiritual resistance breaking in our region and breaking over your life. So uh, first of all, I want you all to come out on Sunday morning and come out with your amens and come out um, pumped up and ready to go. And then I want you to come out Sunday night. I know it's a Sunday night. We have stuff for your kids. Come out on Sunday night and invite somebody to come with you, especially Sunday night. Um, We're not trying to take someone from another church, but they can be from another church and visit us that night, and we, we just want to have God be all over the place and do something um, extremely awesome. And then we want to send him off with, with a great blessing and uh, bless him for being here. And so God, God put some people on our heart this year to have at our church. You know, we just had Gateway with us. Um, Dr. Bridges will be with us. Um, in April, we have a, a ladies' event. We'll tell you more about that. We'll have someone with us and in the fall. So just, just to create uh, God momentum and what he's doing here at the church. And so we're excited for that. You guys ready to go this morning? So we are in a series that we started at the beginning of the year. Now, the series that I usually do are only three or four weeks. This is a 10-week series. I've not done one that long for a long time. Um, And I mean, there's no rules that we can or we can't. So it's not like God said, thou shalt only do three weeks. So we are are doing a a 10-week series, and we are actually in week seven we will take a break next week, and then we'll do weeks 8, 9, and 10, and I will tell you the last three uh, weekends of the series, one of those weekends is the biggest test of all. So um, if you can't be here, make sure that you're watching on live stream, live, or watching um, later in the week, and, and we want to welcome everyone watching this morning. But um, I've been starting off by saying, I'm just glad there are some things that get tested. Like I've shared with you, I try to come up with a couple every week. I'm glad they test the new River Gorge Bridge. Um, I'm glad they test the, the ski lift at Canaan. I'm glad they test the brakes in your car. Anyone else? So um, if you can think of something you're glad they test, send me an email because I'm starting to run out of them. And I've got three more weeks in the series. Just just send it in and, and I'll, I'll stick it in here. But I thought of two more and I, I get it. They're not as exciting or as funny as maybe some were a few weeks ago. But um, any, any, um, anyone here has ever mountain climbed? Cricket, cricket, cricket. <laughs> One person has mountain climbed, okay. Um, well, I've been on the top of Seneca Rocks before. Anyone ever walked that trail? And there's a bunch of hands, right? Anyone, like, done it recently? Yeah, it's been a while, right? Okay, so have you ever been at the top and on the backside saw the mountain climbers come up? Um, all I've ever climbed is a fake wall, but I'm really glad they test the rock climbing equipment, the, the carabiners and the ropes. So um, 
that's one I have. Obviously, that's not real funny. But the other one I have is, is this. Now, some of you probably will be like, what are you talking about? Some of you will, will remember this. Back before there was a lot of cable channels and satellite TV and streaming, believe it or not, and if you're by a young person, they might pass out on this, um, the TV used to go off at midnight. Anyone remember that? It, it would go off the air at midnight. Yeah, see them gasping? Um, it used to go off the air at midnight, and two things would happen before it went off the air. One was they would play the national anthem. Anyone remember that? And then the other thing for like a minute was the emergency broadcast system test, which went like this. Beep. And it was a test in case there was a national emergency. Now, they still have that, and you may have heard it, but uh, I'm glad that's out there. Anyone else, if there was a national emergency? So that's my two this morning. There we go. This is why I need some more over the next three weeks. If you think of something, send it to me. Anyway, I said all that to say, if, if things like that get tested for their, for their effectiveness, to confirm their effectiveness, your next season, God's next level, your season of victory, your season of blessing, you get revelation, you're going to the next level on some things, there's going to be some tests after you get some revelation. There are going to be some tests that we all have to pass to step into our destinies because our destinies are important. Because our next seasons are important. So there's going to be, there's going to be some, some tests that we all walk through. And I want to back that up with a couple of scriptures. The book of James says, count it all joy when you face various types of trials because they're testing your what? Faith. Another word for test could be it's proving your faith. Our faith is going to be tested. It's going to be proved. But it's a good thing. Y'all got that? It, it actually, it is a good thing. You may not think it is, but and in the book of Philippians says this, and I love this, that we're to be confident that the one who started a good work in us is going to carry it out to what? Completion. So some of the twists and turns and trials and tests are all part of the process. Now, if you can remember back being in school, when you learned something, it would always be followed up with what? A test. And that test would determine if you got to go to the next level, the next grade, the next semester. So there was a test on what you learned. And the thing is with God, if you fail that test, he's going to allow you to take it again. And I get it. That's good and bad. Um, there's some tests I don't want to take again, so I want to make sure I pass them. But God is always, always about allowing us to continue to pass these tests. And once we pass them, God gives us new opportunity. God gives us uh, new anointing. God gives us new responsibility. So these tests are a good thing. I'm trying to change your thinking that these tests and these trials and these challenges are often tests for us to go to the next level or to go to the next level of glory. Someone say, that sounds good. So we have been looking at the life of Joseph in the Old Testament. Back in the book of Genesis, we've been looking at his life and pulling these tests out. As I mentioned, there are 10. This is, this is week 7. And we all go through in this life, this journey that we're on, uh, we go through these dif different tests and trials. And we have to pass the same ones that we see in the life of Joseph. And before we ever get to the end of Joseph's story... We've, we went back to where it all started, and we, we, we've been discovering this, that, that Joseph was born uh, to Jacob's favorite wife, and because of that, the rest of Jacob's sons hated Joseph. The Bible says they couldn't think of a good thing to say about him. And so he began to share with his family and his brothers that they would bow down and that they would worship him. First of all, he said they're going to bow down and worship the sun, the moon, and the stars, and then he said, then, then my brothers and my family is going to bow down and, and worship me. And the test we took from that was, just like Joseph, we all have to what? Pass the pride test. Anyone ever notice you got a little pride in your life? Y'all out there this morning? Um, if you haven't noticed you have a little pride, then you've got a lot of pride. I'm just saying you have to pass that pride test. <laughs> Well, then we, we went on and we, we learned that Joseph's brothers hated him, and so they threw him in a pit. And just like Joseph, we have to pass the pit test. We talked about how you get out of the pit. Well, then we noticed that his brothers let him out of the pit to sell him into slavery. And sometimes you might go through the pit, and um, they sold him into slavery, and he found himself in Potiphar's house in the palace. And so sometimes you go from the pit to the palace, but you got to pass that season in the palace. Well, well, then we, we went on and we learned that while he was in the palace, the story took a really weird turn. And Potiphar's wife, it says that she noticed Joseph was good to look at. 
So every day she asked him to sleep with her, and he over and over again refused her advances, and we called that the purity test. Then we know she lied about him and said that he raped her, and so Potiphar threw him in prison, and he had to pass the prison test. Anyone ever felt like you went through a season, like you felt like you, you didn't do anything wrong, but you were accused, and you were in a season of prison? Well, that's a test we also go through. And then last weekend, we learned while Joseph was in that prison for 13 years, he began to interpret dreams. And he eventually got out, and he interpreted Pharaoh's dreams that he was having. And because of that, we, we talked about how, how, how we need to hold on to the Word of God and interpret the Word of God, and it's, it's passing the prophetic test. So that brings us up to where we are today, that uh, Joseph has just interpreted these dreams, and Pharaoh is about to bless and reward Joseph. So let's pick this up. This is Genesis chapter 41. I'm going to read about six verses. It says, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God made all of this known to you, there's no one so discerning and so wise as you, and you shall be in charge of my palace and all of my people will submit to your orders. How about that? He went from destitution in his life and now he's, he's about to be really, really rewarded. So we're in verse 40. It says, you and be charged of my palace. All my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. So in essence, Pharaoh made Joseph the prime minister in Egypt. Now look where he started and look where he's at on his, his journey now. And then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. A signet ring was used to make official documents. It had a seal on it. And so he, he gave him the official seal to declare orders. And so the Bible goes on. It says, he dressed him in robes of fine linen. He put a gold chain around his neck. So now he, he's, he's in royal clothing. He's, he's looking the part. He's got um, you know, the best clothing on and a big gold chain around his neck. Before Flavor Flav ever had that big gold chain. <laughs> Pharaoh had it. Verse 43. And he had him ride in a chariot as second in command, and people shouted when he came through, Make way, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift a foot in Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name that I can't pronounce, but it means the man who knows mysteries. And he gave him Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar. I'm sure I watched that too. He's the priest of On to be his wife. And Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. Wow, what, what another turn in the story of Joseph. There were moments I'm sure he wondered if, if God's plan would ever work out in his life. Those moments that his family threw him in a pit and sold him into slavery, I'm sure he wondered if he ever heard God. Those moments where things were finally doing better and he got to the palace only to be falsely accused and find himself, find himself in another season of being incarcerated for 13 years. And, and, and God was with him in every one. That's what it says over and over, that God was with him in every one of these situations. And I just want you to know this morning, if you feel like you're in a pit, as long as God is with you, you'll come out of the pit. If you're in a season of being in the prison, I want you to know, as long as God is with you, the prison season will end. And I want you to know, it, whatever season you're in, as long as God is with you, Guess what? God's for you. God is with you. He will bring you out. He will get you into your destinies through all the trials, through all the tests, and through all the turns. Someone say amen. amen. And so now we see that Pharaoh makes Joseph second in command in the land of Egypt. And so we get into seasons in our life where we may go from the pit to the palace to the prison, but now he's the prime minister. So here's the test I want to talk about today. Um, let, let me intro it this way. How many would agree that we have to pass some tests of failure? But do you know that we also have to pass the tests of success? And so we're going to talk about the test of power. You might want to call this the test of authority. But we're going to talk for a few moments about passing the power test. Y'all ready for this? Yes. Hey, I know it's sleepy outside. Elbow somebody said, let's go. That was pitiful. That was pitiful. <laughs> but we're, let's talk about the power test. I'm going to, this morning I, I, have a a, B, I have a one, two, three, and an ABC. Can y'all handle that? Three points and an ABC. So, so here we go. So let's talk about power. 
And this is what I say is the first light point that, first of all, power is attractive. It, you, you, you might try to push that off or think that has nothing to do with Christianity, but power is attractive. Let, let me prove this to you. Um, if you've ever noticed, uh, how many have little kids? Um, how many of your kids were little at one point? <laughs> how many ever have seen a little kid? Okay, so, <laughs> so if you've ever noticed a little kid and they start playing with another kid, let's, ta- let's say it's a little girl, have you ever noticed she will start bossing her dolls around? <laughs> have you ever noticed this about kids? Like, like they're a year old and all of a sudden everything is mine. You, even when your kids get older and, and you go to Chick-fil-A and you buy, buy your teenager french fries, those are my fries. But there, there's, this, there's this power thing that happens. You can, okay, you can watch even little boys boss their pets around. So there's, there's this thing in us that power is attractive. But I want to blow your mind on something. That's from God. That, 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 that power thing, it actually is from God. Now, I'm not talking about selfishness. But the power thing is actually from God. So think about this. Back in the book of Genesis, when God was creating the earth, the Bible says this, he made you and me in his image. We have his DNA in us. We are not a symbol of God. We are in the essence of God, the Bible says. If you study out that word, it means we have the same DNA as God. We are the imagio Dei of God. So we're made in the image of God. And then it goes on and it says this. When God made Adam and Eve, he put them in the garden. And, and the Bible goes on and it says this. He says he gave them dominion which is authority, which is power. And he, he gave them the responsibility to have dominion over the earth, over the animals, of the, over the birds, over the land. And then it says this, he gave them this command to increase and what? Multiply. So what was God saying from the very beginning? This is a power thing. So power is attractive, but it's actually something that, that God built into our lives. And every one of us, have opportunity or spheres or segments of power that, that, we, that we have. Let, let me explain that. Um, some of you have a certain amount of power in your home. You are a parent. You're a husband. You're a wife. And even in the sphere of your home, you have what power? Now, if you're a child at home, maybe you don't have that power, but you have power over the dog, right? Whatever. We all have, we all have power. If you're a business person, you have a certain amount of what? Power given to you by your job responsibility. If you are in the medical field, you have a certain amount of power given to you in your area of responsibility. If you're an educator, you have a certain amount of power given to you in your area of responsibility or your sphere of influence. Well, you might be thinking, I, I don't have maybe that much power, but think about it this way. You, you have power over your own life or your own body. You have a certain, uh, we all have power over our own money. We have power over our own time. We have power over our own calendars. We have power over our own abilities. So all of us have this thing called power. No matter what degree or sphere or type it is, there's this power thing and it becomes attractive. Whether you like it or not, how many know you're glad I have power over my life? Now there may be times you feel like you don't have power over your calendar, but you do have power over your calendar. So there's this power thing, and power is attractive because it's from God. But here's the second thing I would say about power is not only is power attractive, power is seductive. Not only is it attractive, but power is seductive because there is a burden that's associated with this power that we have, and it's, it's this thing called responsibility because that responsibility that you have and that power that you have in whatever degree, sphere that you have it, it, it will be tested because it's you who determines where you, you, you will use it. It's, it's you who determines how you will use it. You have say-so on the use of the authority that you have, but it can also be seductive because it can be misused. It could be unused. It could be used in too dominant of a role. It could be um, anyone know anyone that's a little bossy. 
Just look straight ahead. <laughs> Anyone's a little controlling. We're all that way a little bit, aren't we? But I want you to get this. I, I studied this out and, and put this down. Here's what power does when you get it. It magnifies what's in you. God's blessings, um, they won't change you. They just free you to be who you really are. Let, let me explain this to you. I, I actually got this from Erwin McManus. He says, you, you don't become generous after you get rich unless you're, ri you're generous when you're already broke. See, all power does is magnify what's already in. This is the test. He said, you won't have integrity when you get promoted unless you have it when you're powerless. He said this, you won't be humble when you become famous unless you're humble when you're anonymous. See, the test is, I've known lots of people who were given a title and a position and more power, and they failed miserably because all that power does is magnify what's already in your character. And we could look at the life of Joseph and say, it took him a while just to get to this position. And you might be thinking, I'm not, I'm not where I want to be yet. But here's what you, you, you got to remember Philippians. It says, I'm going to finish a complete work in you. But just, just be real. He got some work to do on me and you. Whether it's pride, whether whatever. But in this power area, power is attractive because it's a God thing. But the seductive part is we have to use it the right way. Because all the blessing, all the next season is going to do is expose already what's in you. How many times have we, have we seen somebody in, in a secular setting or even in a church setting when they're raised to a position and they're given power and title and responsibility, but because of some things on the inside, they weren't able to fulfill that role? And there's something really good about God is you might want to step into that role tomorrow, but God's going to keep working on you because that role tomorrow, if you're not ready for it, will destroy you when you get there, and God does not want that. Although he can put you back together and heal you, how many of you would rather um, not have to be put back together? How, how many would rather have him put you together before you get there? So we have these responsibilities in our life, the, the, this thing that we call power. And so it's attractive because God actually put it there. But it can be seductive because it, it can break us. It can, if we are not using it right, that's why God wants to test it before before we get the signet ring, before we get the robe on our back, before we get a position and a power. But any, any level, we, we still have these areas of power in our life. So it's attractive, it's seductive, and here's point three. Power is directive, though. It's directive. I believe power has three directions, and I believe this is going to help you so much. Y'all ready for these? Well, my wife's the only one. We might as well just go, like, get some Mexican and talk about it ourselves. How many are ready to get some revelation? All right, here we go. Um, but because I want you to hear this, uh, we can shout about this uh, in, in our circles, uh, 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 faith circles. I want you to know power and authority is absolutely from God. And we shout about it, but I want you to know power and authority can also like mess your life up if you don't understand it and walk in it the right way. So that's, that's why it can be seductive. But it's directive. It has three directions in your life. And here's the first one. Power has a kingdom directive. We have to remember this. Power always has a kingdom directive. And what I mean by that is we use the power delegated to us in our lives from God for kingdom purposes. Amen. You know, the Bible actually says this, that the kingdom of God is actually about power. You say, what do you mean by the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom, of, let, me, let me just share this with you. There's the kingdom of heaven and there's the kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven is a place. The kingdom of God is God's system. It's his rule. It's his reign. It's his way of doing things. And the Bible says his kingdom rule and reign, it's all about power. So if his kingdom is all about power, we should be people who want no power. If you're a kingdom person, if you're full of faith, if you're full of his spirit, if you're full of the word of God, one thing that you should notice in your life is you have power in your life. I, I remember reading a story years ago, and I can't remember all the details, but it went something like this. Uh, around the turn of the century, when electricity was invented, there was a, an elderly lady who lived on her own in a really remote region, and it took several years to get electricity to her house. But what they started noticing that her electricity was only running for uh, maybe 30 minutes a day. 
So they sent some people from the electric company to her house just to check and see if the lines were working, if, if, if everything was working right. And they got there, and they said, you know, we hooked you up to electricity. She said, oh, yeah, I know, I know. And, and they said, how's it working? She said, it's fine. And they said, well, we're only seeing that, it, that it's registering about an hour, half hour a day. She said, oh, yeah. She said, I turn it on every evening for 30 minutes to light the candles and get things right in the house, and I turn the electric off. But you know what? How many of us does that represent? She was attached to the electric. She was hooked up to the power, but she wasn't walking in it. And us as believers, you're hooked up to the power. You're hooked up to the authority of the kingdom of God. But don't just flip it on for an hour to light the candles. Walk in it. Live in it. It's what the kingdom is all about. And, and I remember this story where, where Jesus, and you'll remember this, he, he asked his disciples, he said, hey, who's everyone saying I am? Who was who, everyone calling the Son of Man? Who did they say I am? And they said, well, you know, some, some say you're John the Baptist come back. And, and some say, well, you're actually Elijah that's come back. Some say, well, you, you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus looked at his, his team, his posse, his disciples, and he said, but who do you think I am? Let's pick this up. This is in verse 16 in Matthew 16. And so Simon said, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. Jesus said, you're blessed, Simon, son of Jonah. This wasn't revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you're Peter, and on this rock I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell won't overcome it. Now, he wasn't building it on Peter. He was building it on the revelation and the confession and the understanding that Peter had. I know who you are. You're the Messiah. You're the one they prophesied about. So Jesus said, we're going to build the church on that confession. In verse 19, look what Jesus added to it. And he says, and I'm going to give you the what? The keys of the kingdom. If the kingdom's about power, he said, I'm going to give you the keys of power. I'm going to give you the, king, the, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, you could even say it this way. If it's loosed in heaven, you can loose it on earth. If it's free in heaven, you can free it on earth. So what did Jesus do with the kingdom? Jesus knew he was leaving, and he took the keys which operate, unlock the kingdom of power, and he gave them to the church. And he said, if it's bound in heaven, you can speak it to be bound on earth, and if it's released in heaven, you can release it on earth. What he did was give you, you and I supernatural power, and the kingdom of God operates by supernatural power. Actually, the kingdom of God operates by the currency of faith. The most powerful thing that God ever created was seed. And God said there will always be seed, time, and harvest. Now, I think we should take care of our planet, but I'm telling you, let global warming be gone because God's in charge of global warming, and he says there will always be seed, there will always be time, there will always be harvest. And because we have a kingdom directive, listen to me, what, what do we have? We have the ability and the power to speak in faith, believe in faith, release seed. We have that, we have that kingdom authority and power in our lives. So all the power in your life has a kingdom directive. It is attached to the kingdom of God. It is attached to the purposes of God, the kingdom purposes of God. So know this, as a believer, when you speak, you are speaking. When you speak the word, you are speaking power. You are speaking authority. When you speak to your resources, you are speaking authority. When you are speaking these things over your children, you are speaking with authority. When you're speaking these things over your body, you are speaking with authority. That's the power that Jesus gave you when he tossed you the keys. And, and, and a lot of people speak against that because they don't understand it. But throughout the New Testament, in the Old Testament included, you'll see the importance of speaking. People say, well, that's a word of faith thing. It, it's, it's a Bible thing. It's a faith thing. From the beginning, the Bible said, and God spoke and he created. And God spoke and he created. The Bible says, when you speak, you establish things. How many have some things you think, I need to reverse what I spoke? We should be aggressive in our confession. Amen? Because your life is connected to kingdom directives, kingdom direction. And Jesus tossed you the keys. 
Well, we're just hoping God does something. Well, God's hoping you do something and that you take the keys and you believe and you speak and you walk and you sow. Every time you sow an offering, you ought to speak over it. I'm putting that into the kingdom. I'm believing it's going to bless the kingdom and it's going to bless me. It's going to take care of his house. It's going to take care of my house. He tossed you the keys. If, 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 if today, if I, if I just, you know, I left here and I just, if I just tossed my, my truck keys to Pastor Shane and said, here's the keys, man. And if like a week later he's like, hey, uh, I need to move some furniture. I don't know what to do. Would you pray for me that, you know, someone just shows up at my house and they just knock on the door and say, hey, does anyone need some furniture moved? <laughs> we would drug test him, number one. And, and then I'd be like, dude, I gave you the keys to the truck. I'm just waiting on God and just praying about it. Well, there, get it. I know there's seasons to wait and pray, but there's seasons to act on what God said's already been done and finished. That's why if I gave him the keys, he doesn't have to ask to use it. If I gave him the keys, he doesn't have to ask, how's this work? You put the key in, you start it, you put it in gear, and you make some progress. That's what God did when he said, hey, here's the keys to the kingdom. Uh, that's, that's for my church. He said, well, what's been bound in heaven, what's been loosed on earth, is what Jesus did on the cross. He's defeated the devil, disarmed the devil. He brought healing. He brought blessing. He brought victory. And he said, here's the keys. You just enforce it. And I want you to know this Christian walk, this is what you've got to know. This is what you've got to hear. This might blow your mind. Maybe the first time you heard it. But it's not about God doing something else and you getting God to do something new. Jesus said on the cross, it's over. It's finished. And so all it is for us is we've got to keep getting revelation so we can walk in it. You can't walk in it if you don't have revelation. That'll change how you walk as a Jesus follower. He's done it all. I just got to get more and more revelation. That's why you need to read the word. That's why you need to come here ready because you get revelation. Now you can do what? You, you can operate in it. So it has a kingdom direction. Not only does it, see, this is my ABC, right? So not only does it have a kingdom direction, it has a personal directive or it has a personal direction. So we not only use it for kingdom purposes, listen to this, God's delegated power is for personal purposes. Here's what I mean by that. When you see the word authority in the Bible, you see the word power, it means God delegates it to you. Now, you may not feel like the strongest or look like the strongest believer. Um, let me just put it this way. I, I've used this illustration before, but how many have ever been to a, a football game or a basketball game at the university? Y'all ever heard of basketball? <laughs> like, where's this going? Um, so when you, when you leave Morgantown, it's so much better now than back in the day, the traffic flow. Anyone agree? But you're, you're going down to Evansdale or you're, you're coming down through Star City and it's just all this traffic. And what always amazes me is what can stop it is, is the little police officer who goes. Now, can he really stop all the thousands of pounds of fans in their cars? No. But he has a badge. And he has a weapon, and when he goes like this, he represents authority. Now, you may not feel large and in charge, but when you go like this, you have authority because of the badge, because of what's behind you. See, when that, when that state officer comes up and he does this, the state of West Virginia is behind him. So when you go and you do this, or they don't always do that, sometimes they blow the whistle. Hey, when you do this, heaven's behind you, and when you, we're going to release that heaven's behind you but but not only is it just for the kingdom it's also for for God's purposes and personal things to be worked out in our life from the beginning God said this about you I want you to rule and reign and have dominion I want you to have authority and power I want you to increase and multiply God wants your life to be successful to multiply now success doesn't mean it's perfect but he wants your life to be successful to multiply to increase spiritually physically financially, not because of what the world can do, but what the king, listen, the world is in recession, the world is in inflation, but the kingdom's way of operating is not in recession. It, it will increase and it will multiply no matter who's, no, no matter what NATO does, no matter what happens in the White House, it, it will increase. But your life, God wants your life to be established in faith, in the seed of faith to grow and increase in your life. Let me give you a good scripture. You ready for this? This is Deuteronomy 8.18. It says, remember the Lord your God. We just got to keep remembering. I know you don't forget God, but you can forget some of his promises. That's why you got to keep hearing them. 
That's why when you come on Sundays, i got to keep saying things like I've been saying. You're like, mm, oh, yeah, I forgot that. I need to keep that on my mind. So remember the Lord your God. He's the one who gives you power to be successful. Now, the real word there is the word power or the word wealth. Wow. Remember, God's the one who gives you the power, the ability, the authority to be successful, to have wealth. Now, look why. In order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. Why does God want your life to have blessing and success and power and authority? Because God is in covenant with you. God is in covenant with you when you come into a relationship with God. And part of that covenant is your life, to, your life to be fruitful and successful. That doesn't mean perfect, but fruitful and successful and to be progressive and good things to be happening in your life because the kingdom still works. The word of God still works. And so he's in covenant with you. He doesn't want you to forget you're in covenant with him. And so God wants the, your power to also have a directive in your personal life. This is, this is the way I, I put it in my notes. He grants us power to fulfill his covenant with us. Or his power and his promises are manifesting for our good. God wants all of his promises. Actually, it says it this way in the Bible. Um, see if you can finish this. All of God's promises are, and they are, and they are. Here's what that means. Any promise in that Bible that God said yes to, you stick your amen to. If God says, you're healed, put your amen to it. Okay, amen's a church word. You know what it means? So be it. If God says that you're an overcomer, even if you don't feel like an overcomer right now, what do you need to do? Put your so be it to it. If God says you're free and you're forgiven from, from something you did, from addiction, you need to put your what? amen to what he said yes to. If God said you're full of joy, but you're struggling right now, you say, I hold on to the promise, and I say, yeah, I say amen to what he said yes to. When the Bible says you're to prosper and be blessed, you stick your amen to what he said yes to. Any yes you can find in the Bible, you can put an amen to. Why? Because God wants the covenant to work in your personal life. He wants the covenant, and listen to me, what the covenant is it's God's promise and connection to you to, to make you successful, to bless you, to raise you up to the next level. It, and, it, it, and so let me say it this way. Maybe you're saying, well, I'm a single mom. Or maybe you're saying, you know, I come from a poor family. Or maybe you say, I come from a crazy family. Or maybe you say, you know, I, had, I was incarcerated in my past or I had addiction in my past. I want you to know the covenant is stronger than your addiction in yesterday. It's stronger than your financial situation. It's stronger than all. It, it's bigger than your guilt. It's bigger than how bad you were. It's just bigger than that. So God gets in covenant with you. You have the same opportunity because you're in covenant with him than if you didn't sin, if you never failed, or if every condition was perfect in your life. The covenant that you're in is not just with you and, and, and with your job. It's with God. And God wants to make sure the covenant is manifested in your life. And his covenant, it, it promises protection, it promises possession, it promises these blessings. So the direction of the power, so let's back up. What, what are we saying here today? Joseph was made prime minister, second only to Pharaoh and all of Egypt. And he said, whatever you say, second to only the throne is what has to happen. And when you show up in town, they have to say, make way, make way. Here's the one who reveals dreams. Think about where he went from some crazy dream about the sun and the moon and the stars on the screen bowing down to him. He had a dream from God. Now, he didn't handle it right at first, but now look where he's at. He passed some tests, and now he's given this test of power, the same test we have in whatever area, whatever but, but it's attractive. Are you getting why it's attractive now? It's a God thing. It's a God thing. But it can be seductive. It's not used right. But it has direction to it. So it has kingdom direction. It has personal direction. Here's the last one. It has public direction. So it has kingdom direction. It has personal direction. And it has public direction. 
The Bible says this about Jesus in the book of Acts. This isn't on the screen, but it says this about Jesus. He was anointed with, anyone know? Power. Jesus was anointed with power. I know what you're thinking, well, that's Jesus, but the Bible says the same anointing Jesus had, you have. Did y'all hear that? The same anointing Jesus had, you have. You were anointed just like Jesus was. And the Bible says he was anointed with power, and he went about doing what? Good. He went about healing all those who were sick. So he was given power. It was an anointing of power, but he went around doing good with his anointing of power. So if Jesus was anointed with power, like, oh, yeah, he's, he's God's son. But if you have the same anointing, is it just to say, oh, look at you. Hey, we're a charismatic church. Wave our hankies. We got power. We got so much power, we don't know what to do with it. What's it for? To go around and do good. So we have power. Think about the areas you have power. You have power with your time. You have power with the treasures in your life. You have power with the talents in your life. You have power with these opportunities that you have in your life. And what's it for? For you to go around with the power and do good. So it's for kingdom purposes. It's for personal purposes. It's also for public purposes that you go around and you do good. Because the greatest use of power, Jesus said it, was to serve. It was to serve. The greatest use of power was, was to serve. I want you to get what I'm about to say. Some of you work for the government. And you might think, man, this, this is a tough job. But I want you to know, if you weren't at the bureau, just because you're there, you're holding things together. I just want you to get that. Just because you're a kingdom person in a public place, we need you there. Uh, if you're an educator, and man, we know it's a tough season to be an educator, and you might walk in that school and be like, dear Lord, these kids are from wherever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just want you to know, because you're in that school, things aren't worse than they are. If you're in the medical profession, I just want you to know it would be worse if you weren't there. Uh, I just want you to know that if you're in the business world, it would be worse than if you weren't, weren't there. There's something on you in the public. You may not know it or feel it, but uh, li listen, if, if LPC wasn't in this community, there'd be something missing. There, there, there will be. Um, if the church wasn't on the planet right now, listen, if the church wasn't, if it, you think it's crazy now, wait till Jesus raptures the church. And I want you to get this. There's a season of coming, it's called the rapture, and the, when the church is raptured, that's when all hell literally breaks loose on the earth. That's when all the wrath follows on the earth. The only thing holding back the wrath of God right now, the only thing holding things back from being worse, even though they're crazy right now, is because the bride of Jesus is still living and breathing on the planet. Y'all get that? It's important. Even if it feels, if, even if it feels like, man, the last thing I want day is go to work. Just because you're there, the right power walks in the door. Now, that doesn't mean like you get on the loudspeaker and it's like, I'm here. Y'all are blessed. If I wasn't here, I'm going to take tomorrow off. God knows what's going to happen. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, I'm just saying the kingdom walked in on that business deal. The kingdom walked in to that hospital room. Man, if, you're, if you work in the media, thank God you're there. Because you just walked in to a secular media situation. God needs you in those places. We need you in those places. Just want you to know that, that makes things a little different. So we're there to, to serve. That delegated power is to, is to serve. And I want to take a quick moment and wrap this up on a high note. Um, whether you know this or not, uh, most of you probably know this week, we, we lost a, a teacher and a coach. I want to pop Ryan's picture up on the screen. Um, 
a tragic accident this week at Liberty High School. Um, most of you know this, that uh, Ryan served faithfully here at this church. Um, Ryan was a personal friend of mine, and it's been a, it's been a tough week. Um, actually, we did his, I spoke at his funeral yesterday. We hosted the event here. Um, and I just want to say to all of you that um, came, all of you that helped serve, we had so many people willing to serve. We, we had to say we don't have anything else to do. But um, I, I'll speak for me and Diane and our staff that um, you guys made a tremendous impact on our community. Tremendous, tremendous impact on our community. And um, you know, we wanted to do it to honor Ryan and his family and keep them in prayer because this, this, this is a definite tragedy. You probably saw on TV so many of the football team and students that gave their life to Jesus. A bunch of people did here yesterday when I gave the altar call. And um, I, I told his son this. I said, all of this wasn't because of how my friend uh, died. It's because how he lived his life. He was... Um, wasn't uh, just a good guy, but he just walked it. He walked it. So I wanted to thank you all for that, and um, he was uh, he was a servant. He was a servant. Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. It says, Jesus, he was knowing their thoughts, and he called them to his side, and he said, King's and those who have great authority in this world, they rule oppressively over their subjects. They're like tyrants. But that's not your calling. You will lead with a totally different model. Y'all getting this? The greatest one among you will live as the one who's called to serve other people. Because the greatest honor and the greatest authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a what? A servant. Even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served, but to serve and just to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. So how do we pass this test of power? First of all, I want you to know that desire for power, God actually put that there. But the test is how we use that power and what directive we understand and we walk in because there's a kingdom direction to everything that we do. Everywhere we go, the way we act, it's all attached to the kingdom. We also have that power for the kingdom to work in our personal lives, but man, especially out there for the public, for the public. Here's what I know though. Um, Y'all stepped up this, this week in the middle of a tragedy, and, and you were life point. You, you were the church. But I want you to know that you're stepping up really good every time you go in that school, every time you go in that business, every time you go in that hospital, every time you go to that school, what, whatever it is that you do. Um, the kingdom has, when you walk in that door, if I could just say it this way, I think every demon that's been there gets a little bit uncomfortable because you're there. Because you're there. And, and I, I've witnessed people misusing that in certain settings. I've, I've witnessed that. So you don't have to come in being the loudest person there. You just have to come in being full of the authority and power of God. If they hired you in that school, walk in there with authority. If they hired you in that place, are y'all getting it this morning? Y'all getting it? Let, let, let me end with this. Let me end. Um, like, can, can we all stand? I, I want to challenge you with this because, um, so I want you to know it's, it's okay. It's okay to want power. It's absolutely accurate to want success. It's a thousand percent accurate to want to have authority and power. Y'all got that? Doesn't mean you're not humble. Actually, humility is just, meekness is just that strength 
under biblical control. So stop looking at yourself as defeated and powerless. Look at yourself as full of authority and full of power. And you say, well, how, how, do, I, how, how do I have authority and more power in my life? I, I, I want you to hear this. If you want authority, be under authority. Y'all got that? What Jesus does is delegate power, but if you're, one of the tests is, I've got to be under authority. If I'm under authority, if I'm under the word, if I'm under authority of my church, if I'm under authority, you get authority. In the kingdom, you do the opposite. Listen to this. If, if you want to really, really live, then die to yourself. That's what power is. That's what, I'm going to die to myself. It's the opposite in the kingdom. If you want to receive, Give. I'm saying you have the authority and the power. You have the power to give. That's how you receive. You, you, you have the, the power to live. That's why you die to self. You have, you, you have the power to bring yourself under authority. That's how you stay in authority. You know what? There's some things in our lives that are out of alignment when it comes to authority in our homes and our lives. You know why? Because we're out of alignment. We're out of authority. We're not keeping ourselves under the authority of the word over our, our bosses, our leaders, our spiritual leaders. We've taken ourselves out of that. And so we're not able to operate in authority. All you got to do is get yourself back in authority and watch what starts happening in your, your life, your home. Your bit. Y'all getting this? Hey, you want to be a blessing or you want to be blessed? Be a blessing. You have the authority to be a blessing. If you want to be blessed, you want a promotion? Humble yourself. You want to have power? Serve. You want to be loved? Love somebody. You want to be, you want to have some friends? Be one. You want to be encouraged? Be an encourager. That's the power you have. It works opposite in the kingdom. Amen? Y'all get something good? Listen, as we sing and as we worship God here at the end, as we praise Him, I want you just to think about your life and your power. You can't talk about power and have like a, a really subtle ending, right? A subtle ending. So, so think about what's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? Think about the areas, the directives in your life where, where there's opportunity for power, where there's opportunity for authority. And say, you know what, God? I'm going to be a person of power. I'm going to be under power. I'm going to walk in power. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pass this test. I'm going to pass this test. God's delegating you power to be kingdom people in your personal life, in the public. Amen. You guys get something good? How many know he deserves our praise? Let's give him some praise. Father, we praise you. Father, we worship you. Father, we exalt you. Father, we honor you. We magnify you. Thank you for listening to the LifePoint Podcast. We want to encourage you to subscribe and follow so you don't miss a message. For more information, you can visit lpcwv.com.